Hi, welcome. It's episode four already. I can't believe it. Here we are. Doing good. Yeah. Everybody remembers Dave Kelly, my my co-host and partner in crime. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy yeah. to be here, Nicole. I, you know, I look forward to this every single week. You know, I'm glad again that you're doing this, but it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I always find it, it always interesting. You always say something to me that is exciting, and and I'm always curious to know when something happens, whether I'm watching it on TV. I'm, I'm going to write that down. I got a question for her about how that actually works and what what she's been through. But you know, for you, I guess Nicole, it is it's old hat. You know, I mean, you you've been through so many things. You've seen it from the other side. There was a picture posted this week that went viral, and it's the famous scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High where Phoebe Cates is getting out of the swimming pool, and she does the bathing suit move. Have you seen the picture that's going around that everybody's talking about this week? Um, I saw, no, I, I mean, I saw a picture of sort of like a behind the scenes. Is that? Yes. Yeah. It, and it shows, you know, she's getting out of the pool, and when you're a viewer, you just fall right into it of it just, you know, her... And it's the other character and it's you watching, you know, you kind of, you don't realize how it goes, but the picture shows there are like 20 people, including a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> We're all right there in front of her chest, you know? Yeah. And, and it's one of those, again, it's the magic of Hollywood, right? To, to let you in and, and be involved in the story. But you, sometimes when it's, it's good, you forget there's a camera and how this actually works. And there are people holding microphones and lights and everything that goes into oh, it. Yeah. That's why it's but, so funny when, you know, like when it comes to love scenes and stuff like that. And you're like, people, you don't get it. Like you're standing there and there's, you know, 50 people standing around you staring at you, you know. And they're not staring at you like in a weird way. They're staring at you in a technical way because they're yeah. all doing their job and making sure everything is fine. But, yes, it's very bizarre. Also, I want to thank you for being here today. Everybody, Dave missed court seats last night the Laker game. Because he didn't feel well. <laughs> so, I couldn't believe it. He's here with us this morning, and I really <laughs> appreciate that. Because, I don't know, that really could have screwed up my whole. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? A anyone who deals with, with migraines, it's no joke. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, I started getting them about... 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. And anytime everyone, people said, I couldn't do this because they have a headache, man, when you have a migraine, it's bad. It's, it's one of those things that can knock you out for three days at a time. And man, I'm driving up to Los Angeles from San Diego yesterday, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, the Lakers make a run and LeBron and, and, and I'm about halfway there. And I was like, I, I'm not going to make it. There's no way. And I literally start, started thinking, Nicole, could I finish the game there and sit courtside and what if I get sick on <laughs> on camera? Like, what if I like throwing yeah. up? No, not throwing up or passing out. I just don't want to pass out. You know what I mean? Because if you pass yeah. out, now they got to stop the game. Now you become the story, and oh, I don't want to be the story. And then <laughs> it's funny now. Last yesterday, not so funny. Not so funny. Not so but I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking. Well, I'm not driving back to. No way, I'm going to make it back to San Diego. So I'm like, all right, I'm either spending the night in a hospital or in a hotel. If I if I finish this game out and finally I just turned around and said it, I'm not gonna make it. I'm just too sick to to go. I was really bummed out, but I know. Yeah, well, absolutely. I know you had to have been sick. I know that had to be legitimate to to miss that. Jeez yeah. Louise. Yeah. So, yeah, super bummed out by it. But I, I no, I'm very happy to be here with you. I always have a have a great time here with you. Um 
I, I will ask you a, a little bit about about the the movie stuff on how what goes on, especially since you brought up the love scenes because that that fascinates I think all of us. But I got to ask you, just uh, check in on you. How's how's your week been going? How are things going with you in the last seven days? Well, my week is going really well. Just really busy, being really productive, and um, trying to keep a good attitude with this horrible weather we're having. I mean, I live here for the sunshine. I need it. My my soul needs it, and um, I don't have it. So it's a, it's a little <laughs> bit like it's and it's a real issue. I know people are probably like, ah, wow, wow. No, it's real. <clears throat> That's why I live here. That's why I stay here. It's because I need it to survive. Um, but you know what? freaked me out and like really has me shook beyond belief is the whole Dalai Lama shit. Did you see that? You know what? I saw it first from you. I saw it on your social media and then I had to go look it up and go, what the hell's going on? Like I'm broken over it. I, you know, I practice a lot of like Buddhism and, you know, I read on it all the time. I, you know, I'm no expert and, you know, uh, all, but I really, he's like one of the few people I was following on Twitter. Um, I, I really kind of start out my day with quotes and inspirations and stuff like that. It's a big part of my life and my well-being. And yeah. when I saw that, I, I, I don't, I have never been so freaked by something in my life. You know, you hear about actors and musicians and athletes and, you know, <laughs> priests and stuff like that. And it never seems to freak me out or surprise me. Um, I guess I'm completely jaded like that. But this one, I, I kept going, this has got to be one of those AI pranks, right? Like they are yeah. talking about how the AI um, is going to really affect the, the the new election and how, you know, they can make all these make-believe things seem so real. And I was like, is this like an AI prank? Is this going to be... Oh, just kidding. And you're not really hearing about it in mainstream media. And I'm like horrified, just horrified. I, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know where to go from there. It was the first thing I think you've put on Facebook since, uh, since you were suspended. <laughs> since I'm you were... still suspended. No, I'm still, oh. I'm still in Facebook jail. I still have another good month to go. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I caught it. <laughs> somewhere and after you posted it i had to go look for the story and it was everywhere i mean it seemed like did you everybody watch the video? did you watch I, the I, video? yeah i did i watched yeah um yeah it, it was a very disturbing you know anything with kids bothers me anything what? with kids really bothers me yeah um, I, I i'm really affected by it like i'm yeah. really really and i know people say oh you know people who are in these power positions and especially with religions when they, you know, claim to be holier than now and all of that, it's usually something really deep and dark going on. But I didn't think so with him. Like I didn't yeah. get that vibe at all from that guy. Like. And is there any way now nah, the last thing I would do is make an excuse for anybody that does wrong, but is there anything in your mind that goes, he's old and that maybe he just is senile? No, no, he just, no. Like he's just a perf. I mean, I don't know, like, was it perv or whatever it was? Like, obviously it's perv, but I mean, whatever, like, it's just not right. And somebody with yeah. his wisdom um, is supposed to, you know, obviously respect everybody and their boundaries and, yeah. you know, 
their life. So there's no excuse for it for me at all. I tried. I, I did sit there for like a quick second, like a psycho, trying to like make sense of it um, for my own selfish reasons. And I think that this is sort of like it was sort of an awakening to me of how I see people like now um, defending because if I wasn't a deeper thinker and I wasn't, yeah. you know, in touch with, a, you know, so much of myself, I could see somebody feeling like how I felt about their idol or whatever and like try to defend them and not believe it and say, oh, that person's lying. You know, that sort of thing. It sort of made me go, oh, it was an aha moment of like, this is what people feel when they hear this about their their hero or idol or whatever, because this has never happened to me before. I've never, like I said, I've never been surprised by any of it. And, um, but there's no, like, there's no making excuses for it. There's no getting around it. It's disgusting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask in your day to day now, how does this affect your day to day? Do you still look for the quotes? Do you just say, you know, I'm going to find a different way to kind of motivate me and get me going. I'm sure the quotes you probably share with your kids. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I've, collected the books I have with him. They're going out. I unfollowed him on Twitter. I, yes, I also use a lot of other literature and other books and other, other resources. So, you know, that's going to be fine, but it is a big blow. It's a big, like, yeah. <laughs> what, what just happened? Like nightmare, like one of those nightmare things you can't wake up from. I, I'm just really, I'm sure there's other people that feel the same way. I am just deeply, deeply disturbed by it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, and it's only April, but it's going to be in one of the, the biggest stories of 2023. I mean, just an, uh, an amazing story. And, and uh, again, I saw it from you first, but then I started looking around and it was, it was the topic from people that I didn't even think would w be aware or even care. But um, I didn't see one person that did, you know, aha moments. Like I told you guys, you know, nobody, I didn't see any of those, but I think I saw a lot, a lot of, of it. I saw a lot. I saw a lot of, you know, everybody who's in a position of power, they're deep yeah. and dark. And, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of things of people not surprised at all. And I was just like, really? Cause really, yeah. I'm over here. My, my brains are like out of my head. I, I'm, it, I'm sad. I'm so saddened by it. I'm like, and he was like so jovial about it. And the fact that you saw it from me first, that's frightening. Yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, <laughs> no, I was, like, maybe, maybe it just shows up on my feed the way my phone is, is arranged. Is there Twitter. Consequences? Like, are there yeah. consequences? Is there anything else that's going to come out? Like what? I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn up over that. I have to be honest. You know, it's funny when I am, when I went to uh, San Diego state and that that's why I went to, to college. The only class I remember at all is the religious studies class. And I'm not a very, you know, religious person, but I was curious to know, you know, what do other people believe I was raised in a, in a Jewish household. Both my parents were Jewish and my parents were, you know, on, on the low spectrum, as far as we do the minimum. And then, you know, after, as I got older, I kind of just, had a belief in God, but I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't religious based. You know what I mean? And then, um, I married someone who was Catholic and her family was, you know, really tied into the church. And then when everything started happening with the priest, she kind of broke away from the Catholic church. But at the same time, what I remember most about that religious studies class was to look at it from a point we studied Buddha, Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, and Judaism. 
And I remember thinking, okay, if I came from outer space and they put me on this planet, you had to choose one of those four. What are you, what are you choosing? And I, it made sense to choose that you choose Buddhism. It yeah. has made sense. You treat people the way you want to be treated is basically what it is. Good things happen to, you know, good people. And it was everything that makes sense to me, what I want. And, um, but you realize in Christianity, for example, Jesus was against hypocrisy more than anything else. Yet there's so many people who are hypocrites, right? And we see it all the time. And when you, when you see people who are called out for hypocrisy, you just kind of shake your head and go, you know what? You're just like everybody else. And yeah. so I, I did not see what happened coming at all. I did not see what was going to happen. And when I saw it on the news, I'll be honest with you, Nicole, I had to change the channel. When I, it bothered me so much, I had to change the channel. I couldn't keep watching stories on it. Yeah, no, I, I watched it. Um, I watched it twice just to like, did I really just see that? Is that yeah. really what I just watched? And um, that was it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on any kind of organized religion. I have a hard time with like politics, religion. I don't fit in any box. Um, neither of my parents were religious. And um, I sort of did like the searching. I didn't take a class like you did, but I did explore and read about religions um, on yeah. my own. And I didn't buy into any of it. I mean, I'm sorry. And I respect anybody who, whoever gets them going and whatever gets them through the day and, you know, keeps their spirit happy. Um but I'm I'm not buying the story. <laughs> I'm just I'm not buying into it. And um, so yeah, Buddhism is very much you know it's the state of being and, and believing in a higher power and definitely giving thanks. I believe in thanks and prayer and meditation and being grateful and giving and all of that. So yep, totally crushed by this guy. Totally yeah. crushed by this guy. And I mean, something has to happen because if something doesn't. I'm, I'm just kind of throwing in the towel on this, on on what we've got going on in the world right now. I, yeah. No, there's always something, right? There's always something that that makes you stand out and go, man. I I, I didn't see that happening again. 2023, at the end of the year, when they talk about the biggest news stories, it's it's going to be it's going to be right there in December. We're gonna the story's going to come up again. Um, want to want to ask as far as what did what did you watch this week? Because I know some of the stuff you and I are watching. Are you caught up on Housewives of New Jersey as we come? I am. A terrible story to something as simple as Housewives of New Jersey. Yes, yes, I okay. watched last night. I did you? I did. I'm all caught up. Yeah. And I'm 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 all caught up, and uh, it, it's so funny because I get a chance to talk to you about it. But I I, I sit there and I I find myself I'm a huge Melissa fan. I just, uh, and, and I, I mean, there are about three other girls on the show that I go, man, if I hung out with any of these people, these are the ones. And it's funny when she joined the show and I, I had to look it up yesterday, Nicole, to realize she's been on the show for 10 years. I feel like she just got there, but I feel bad for her every time. I'm like, this girl gets run over by her crazy sister-in-law. She's the only sane one. Like she's the only one that seems to like make sense to me. I, I, and when when um, they were talking last night uh, and Jennifer said, like, um, she was invited to the wedding out of, like, duty or it was something like just because, like, she had to be invited. And I'm just sitting there going, you're awful. Like, you awful, you awful <laughs> human being. And, like, when she, this Jennifer um, completely clued in the psychic who read their tea, you know, yeah. their coffee grinds. I mean, it's. It's so comical. It's so it, it's so thirsty. It's reaching so far, and it's just like you know, it's just so obvious. It's 
it's comical. It's just absolutely comical. And and Melissa just sits there with her her jaw on the ground the whole time, you know. And I had to give her a lot of props. She kept it together last night and said, you know, this is about you, Teresa. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to argue. And she just really took the higher ground. But whoa, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I I cannot drink a cup of coffee now in the last week without looking at the bottom of my cup. Going, what the hell does this say? Well, it's, it's the it craziest thing to me. In it? No, <laughs> I don't drink it with the grinds in it, but always I drink it really strong and it leaves yeah. the film on the bottom. And I'm like, the hell is this thing i just think that's that's a, a wild reading were you ever one of those people by the way that would say hey i'm, I'm gonna see a psychic like do you do you, have you ever had success on that or, or believed in that no, no never tried I mean, it? neither way neither here nor there about it um i mean i i would like to think that would be fun but yeah. it's never really one time when i was a really little girl we at like the orange county fair and there was a a, a palm reader and she said to me, you're going to grow up and you're going to marry um, a really successful producer. And I was, you know, I was really young. So I, that always stuck with me, um, yeah. but didn't come true <laughs> or hasn't come true. Um, but that was really kind of my only, what I can think of my only, you know, experience with it. But I always think it seems fun, but I don't like to spend a lot of time on the like, what ifs and, you yeah. know what happened in the future and all that. I really kind of try to focus on like today right now. and Let's enjoy this because um, I've been so in touch with like more, my mortality lately, especially after losing my parents and then going through the pandemic and like truly being the adult, the only one, you know, that my kids are looking yeah. to in this emergency situation, me going, okay, I have nobody to like, you know, lean on for this. This is me um, sort of made me really, change my whole way of thinking and there's no i don't think about tomorrow i really don't i don't think there's time for it is is your i mean as a parent we're both parents but as you as a parent is your number one concern i mean i know to say kids is an easy answer but as far as you know your future with your kids your your kids will they be okay all that stuff that goes into your mind what is like your your worry your concern well, you know, I'm single mom to both of them. I really, really, our family was so small even before my parents passed away. And so it's like, there's not a lot. There's nothing. They have each other, which is amazing. Um, but that's also a lot to put on my oldest if something were to happen to me. So really, my option is to stay healthy. <laughs> my yeah. option is to stay healthy and stay, stay around for a bit to make sure, you know, everything's okay because... Um, no, that's horrible. And it's a horrible, and there was a time when I really started thinking about it and I would like be so upset by it, you know, and crying about it and like worrying about it. I'm finally at a place where I'm like, you know, I, I've like let go. There's no control over any of it. And all I can do is like live for right now and be the best version of myself that I can be and the healthiest I can be. And you know, that's it. That's all. How that's old, all if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when your parents passed? Um, well, my father, I think it's been close to about 15 years now. So that's been okay. a while. Um, and then my mom, it's been three years it was right before the pandemic. So young, I mean, that's kind of young it to is. lose your parents. Um, my parents were older. My parents didn't have me. And that's another thing. My parents didn't have me until like their mid thirties. So me being, you know, having a child at 40, I'm sort of like, ah, oh, what did I do? You know? 
she's going to, she's going to lose me early. So, um, you know, all of that comes into play, but then I'm like, you know what? I could have had all my kids at 20 and been the youngest and yeah. still go outside and get hit by a car. Right. So, it's true. you it's know, your time, it's your time. just have to relinquish all, you know, the control issues and all of that. And just let's make today great. That, that's 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 the way to go so for you like holidays and everything as you said small family it, it's you and the girls it's it's one of those things where how important are that you, all of you are together let's say christmas time thanksgiving the, those the big ones well it's really interesting because when my mom was still alive um i always had to host everything um i had to do everything and so it was always tradition, no matter what the holiday was, I'm cooking, it's at my house. And, you know, and my eldest grew up with that tradition, you know, like that. Um, and now my youngest, uh, we don't really, we don't really owe anybody anything like that. Um, my oldest is in New York and we do see each other every holiday, but not for every holiday, right? Like, so yeah. if it's the if it's, we'll see her for Christmas, but not necessarily Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. Um, or I'll see her for my birthday, which is in January. And I won't see, we won't see each other for Christmas. You know, it, it changes yeah. year to year. So there's all this like free time. And my youngest, like, ev like most kids hates Thanksgiving dinner, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so I'm like, you know, I don't know why we have to stick to these traditions. We don't really. And so I keep like saying, okay, we'll do something else. And then like the night before we're like, yeah, let's cook. You know, and <laughs> then I end up like throwing a turkey in the cart and there we go. And so I still have been doing it. But I also like that time of, you know, in the kitchen with the kids and teaching her how to cook and trying to like manipulate the, the recipes into stuff that she does want to eat, you know, and try to make it fun. But did you learn, did you learn how to cook through, through your mother? Who was no, the one that you? no, no, that's why I had to cook every <laughs> no my mom was she was like one of these people who would cook like one dish at a time so like asparagus was always this like dark brown color <laughs> and the turkey was cold and dry and you know and there was a lot of yelling and screaming coming from the kitchen and you know it was one of those nobody helps me and then you go in there get out of the kitchen you know no, my mom, cooking was not my mom's thing at all, at all. So, um, no, once I got pregnant with Dylan, then I decided um, to start look, teaching myself how to cook. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Did you enjoy it? I mean, were you like, uh, this isn't for me? Um, <laughs> no, I, I did enjoy it. And then, um, you know, we always kind of ate in really kind of like fine dining all the time when I was younger like that. So Dylan grew up with like this palette that was um, pretty particular and pretty like advanced. So yeah. I kind of came to this place of like, look, if I don't learn how to, you know, cook filet and lobster, I'm going to be broke, <laughs> you know? So uh, we can't have that every meal. So I learned to, you know, cook the things that we would eat out. And I started like that, like cook, learning to cook the high end things. And, wow. um, yeah, and it's fun. No, we have a good time. I'm, I'm all about the under 30 minutes, the easy, yeah, quick, healthy, good meals. There you yeah. go. My kids have yeah. never ordered off the kids menu. If you know what I mean? They're not mac yeah. and cheese or chicken nugget. No, kids. they aren't it's doing not. the chicken fingers and nuggets and all that no. stuff. No, my they daughter, are. they look at me like I'm like, it's child abuse. 
if, you, if I were to ask them if they wanted to drive through, they would think that like I was mad at them, you know? Really? Like, punished. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that is funny. That yeah. that is funny. One of the yeah. questions we have coming up in uh, the mailbag has to deal with food as 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 well. That's that's funny. Did uh, oh my gosh! All right, hold on. I want to go back to I can I keep jumping around. Want to go back to what it's like when you're doing a scene in a movie, whether it's like the Fast Times at Richmond High scene, or it's the the as you said you're you're in a love scene, okay, or, or sex scene in a movie, and. How many people are standing around? Do you realize what's going to happen before? And what goes through your mind of what's different when you know it's a sex scene compared to, you know, a dialogue on the beach? Well, listen, it's weird, right? So you you may or you may not know your co-star very well. Like, we're just yes. human beings. You're two human beings, you know, just because this is what you do for a living and this is, you know, what your art is. You're still two human beings that, like, have to make out in front of, all these other people and you don't really know them. So on one hand, sometimes it can be a little bit comforting having everybody around because you're not like alone in it. It takes, it takes some intimacy out of it. If, if that makes any sense. And then, you know, a lot of times it's shot by shot and the director will tell you like what he's trying to get in that particular angle. And so, you know, it can be cut up into pieces. It's not always like, okay, we're going to turn the cameras on and you two go at it. Um, yeah. it's not necessarily that. Are they but, telling you what to do with your hands even? Like, yeah, you know, you know it, it what, like hands very, on hips, hands and hair, any, like they're, every, it's all broken down to like that. Yeah. Wow. You know, close up on this, close up on that, move to this, move to that wide shot on this. So it's, you know, it's a little bit more directed and, um, cut into pieces than people realize, but it's awkward. Like there's no way around it. Yeah. It's kind of awkward, but I think you just sort of like detach, you detach from it and you know that the other person is equally, you know, awkward and you kind of laugh and, you know. Is there, okay. This sounds kind of crazy too though, but is there anything in your mind going, I'm going to kiss somebody who's famous in this movie or on TV and I hope I hope they go back and tell their friends, hey, she's a good kisser. You know what oh, I mean? God. Yeah. I mean, does the ego go into your like the ego would go into my mind going, man, I don't want them saying something terrible about me. You know, no, because I'm not kissing them like with my passion and like I'm not kissing yeah. them as if there's someone that necessarily that like it just depends. It really kind of yeah. depends on what the setting is and all of that. But like for your just your average like kiss or make out scene, you know those feelings aren't there. So it's not the same kind of makeout sesh, you know? Yeah. But I, I always figure in the movies, you got to sell it like it is, you know, I mean, that's what you're well, selling sure. to the viewer, but I, I don't know. I just, maybe it's the insecurity that I would just like, man, I, as long as that person tells their friends, like that was a good kisser. <laughs> like, it's, Wait, it's no, I somewhere. never thought about that before, but now I'm going to think about it. <laughs> now you're, now you're add that to the list. Other things to be insecure about. Um, here's here's the one thing also drives me nuts when I as a viewer when I watch uh, TV and movies and there's there's a, a you know a passionate kiss, I'm only a go to the right guy. So when <laughs> when 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 like I can kiss the left, but I'm like I'm a better kisser when I go to the right. I know it. And whenever I see someone go to the left, I go ah, they, they aren't into it. <laughs> Kinda, so it's funny. weird. It's just one of my weird things. I never thought about. I don't know if I go to the right or to the left. Yeah. And that, and see, to me, before you do a, a scene and they go, you're going to kiss, the director would have to say, 
hey, both of you are going to the right. Otherwise, you're going to bump noses or it's going to be awkward. Sure. You know, you yeah, got to figure out which way you guys are going. No, 100%. It's planned out like that. So, yeah, yeah. it does take some of the, you know, <laughs> some of the guessing out of it. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because I was looking up, um, I'm drawing a blank now. I was looking up a movie that you did with Corey Haim. We had a question about it on the show, an mailbag question. And, um, and it was, there's, there's a passionate scene in that movie. And I'm going, okay, this is what probably why people are getting, getting a lot of questions. Our mailbag, we get a bunch of questions about the movie. It was the one, I'm just, again, I apologize for drawing a blank, but it was the one you put the link out to last week. You said, oh, hey, yes, yes. And um, obviously there's, you know, you're familiar with Corey, but at the same time, it Corey was one of those. That, that oh, wasn't a Corey movie. Oh, it wasn't a Corey movie. I apologize. It was. I'm not sure which one I looked. I looked up so many different things that you were in. Uh, just to, just I think to ask you talking question. about blown away. Blown away. That was exactly it. You're right. Blown away. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, that has to be a little bit different, right? When it's somebody that you actually have a relationship with and then it's on camera, it, it has to be a smoother transition. Am I right? Yeah. Well, that was weird. You know, I kind of touched on it before and you know, I, I don't like talking about people when they're not here, but um, yeah. also they're, you know, not everybody was completely sober. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's like a familiar, you know, like that, that familiarity. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it adds an element of weird to it. It did for me. And yeah. Um, yeah, so like when I said like it kind of went a little further than it probably was meant to or should have, it, it's just because I think that he was very comfortable, you know, yeah. and maybe not in the state of mind of realizing like we're on set, you know, yeah. we're doing a scene, being professional. There was a little bit missing. It was a little bit, you know, there was a lot going on. There just was a lot yeah. going on in that. So and, and being young and all of that stuff. Um, so. Oh yeah, sex scenes. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I did a movie called Kinjite with um Charles Bronson. Yeah. And um I played a underage prostitute. And it was funny because I was young when we shot it, and so my mom had to be on set the whole time. So now, you know, and there wasn't actual like any touching or actual yeah. physical because I was underage. But like you want to talk about awkward, you know, you're like in lingerie in a hotel, like a seedy hotel room. <laughs> you know, supposedly, you know, uh, being hired by like these high profile older men and your mom's sitting right there. It's just like That is wild. You know? Yeah, that's wild. What is what is the rule? Is it if you're under 18, you have to, your parents have to be there for a scene? Well, I'm hoping that now if you're under 18, they don't do it anymore. Um, have, did you watch the Brooke Shields documentary? I haven't watched it. All, I haven't watched all the way through. I'm very, very familiar, though, with with her and her interviews, though. Like she was just she was just on Stern and, and everything else. And she has a, a wild story. I mean, when and I look back and the Blue Lagoon came out, you know, she's older than you and I. But I remember thinking, wait, this is a kid. You know, this I can't believe it. Yeah, it is. It is very strange to go. This is a kid. Yeah, and then like pretty baby when she was even younger, playing the prostitute yeah. and um, having kissing scenes with grown men. Um, I think that that's not people are not doing that anymore. 
No. I, think we're, I think we're leaving that back there and we're, we're moving on from Good. any of that nonsense. I think that that's, that's not going to fly anymore. That's thank God, you know? Yes. You know, you yeah, look no. back and you're like, wow, what, what was allowed wow. is just, and it wasn't that long ago. No, no. Wild, just wild. Yeah. A lot of things that weren't that long ago that seemed to seem to just go, you know, um, now the Brooke Shields thing is, is disturbing all the way through. Oh. I mean, it is, it is Completely. crazy. Completely. Crazy. And it, it yeah. made me like have such admiration for her too, in a way, because I was younger when all, the, I remember the Calvin Klein commercials and the billboards yeah. and stuff. And I just remember thinking like how beautiful she was, you yeah. know, and it was like this older, beautiful teen that you could look up to in like Blue Lagoon. It was more like, oh my God, did you like take your breath away? Cause she was so beautiful. Right. That you sort of didn't focus necessarily. That she was a teenager. Yeah. yeah. She was a kid doing these things. Yeah. No, so, that is, yeah, that is wild. Little. Yeah. That, that is, uh, that, that's absolutely amazing. She's another person. I mean, we watched her grow up, you know, the world watched her grow up from just being, uh, you know, a, a cute kid to wait a second. I, I think, I don't know. I, it's, it, you look back at it. You said, thank goodness they aren't doing that anymore. But talk about disturbing when you realize today how off color that is. That yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. And how just acceptable it was. Yeah. Yes. Nobody batted an eye. And uh, whoa. And yeah. then we wonder, <laughs> and then people wonder, like, why we're so fucked up. <laughs> well, yeah. guess what? <laughs> you yeah. know, people were traumatized. And, you know, you don't just come out of that unscathed. So, um, you know, I, I think she's doing amazing and, uh, I look at her and she's so powerful and so relatable and, um, has done so, so many positives. So it's, you know, it's, it's nice to see, but yeah, things can go really go left really quickly when you put through that as a kid, you know? That, absolutely right. It's, you know, yeah, it's funny. You, you mentioned Facebook and there are always those people who will say, you know, things were better back in my day, back in my day. You didn't wear seat belts. You didn't do this. You didn't, and I'm like, what? You know, they have a whole list of, you know, your kids didn't come home until the streetlights were on. And I'm like, you understand how many kids went flying through a windshield before they made seatbelt laws. I mean, there's a reason why things have changed. And for you to look back and go, it was better when I was a kid. Hey, you survived. There were a lot of people didn't survive that made them change the laws. That's what that's right. happened eventually. You right. Know, we talk about always, that part. Yeah. Right. You know, always the get off my lawn guys. Our oh, things were better back then. These kids today, they don't know, understand what the hell's going on. You get that all the yeah. time. Like but, you didn't uh, have the babies in car seats. It was so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How many kids were crushed against the dashboard because there yeah. were no car seats? I mean, what the hell I mean, are we doing? I know. And I am laughing, but it's not funny. But yes, no. that's a hundred percent true because yeah, and and I get it. I get the the um. I get what why people think because there was also a lot less people. There was a lot less traffic. There was a lot less going on, and it was a freer, wilder time. But yeah, there was a lot of bad going on that we just didn't know existed. Uh, exactly right. All right. So here's a question I have for you. Just as a, again, someone who's just a, a fan of TV and and movies, you, you touched on the love scenes and you have everybody there or a sex scene where everybody's there and it's supposed to be hot and heavy. And as the viewer, it just it feels like it's just those two and you're at home watching. But you see this a lot in Hollywood of people that fall in love on the set. And then all of a sudden they're in a relationship and all of a sudden they're getting married and that lasts a year or two and then it, it's gone. 
how often and have you ever had like, hey, I'm attracted to this person after spending six weeks, eight weeks with this person on the set to go. I think there's a serious relationship here. Like, is that normal that when it does happen where you go, oh, I saw that coming or it's short lived when you find out someone actually hooks up and gets married? I think it's, you know, I think it's both. Sort of my theory is, is that, and it's not just with the actors, it happens with crew members and everybody on set too. And especially like when you go away um, on location, so everybody leaves home and everybody's, you know, living in hotels and on set and you spend so many hours together day in, day out, you live and breathe the project, right? So when you put um, human beings all together in a group, I think that like um, instinct, like animalistic instinct takes over. You find a mate within your group, right? It's sort of like um, survival of the fittest kind of mentality. And I think it's something that organically, naturally happens with human beings because you're put together. There's a group of you. It's like a village. And then in that village, you mate. I I just feel like there's something just normal and natural about it. so I think that that's sort of what happens. You're just with each other all the time for so long, day in, day out, that it, it happens. And, you know, great if it works out past that. But, you know, we see that it doesn't necessarily because then you're on to the next project exactly. and your next village of people, right? Um, so I think it's a matter of, you know, do you have a family at home? How committed are you? Or are you just single and, you know, following instinct, you know, human instinct that, you know, it is what it is. I think it happens in office settings, right? This is not just yeah. movies. I think this happens right. in, in businesses. And anytime you put a group of people together that spend a lot of time, I think you naturally pair off. I don't know. When you, when you find out like two major celebrities, you know, get married quickly and then, you know, it ends. Are you, oh, are you in a situation where like you're never shocked because you knew exactly what was going on? You know, saying, look, it was six, eight weeks and they were the only ones around basically each other. As you said, they matched up during that time. But when the real world world comes together, that it's not a fit anymore. It's not a match. Right. Because you're living in this, you know, yeah. it's like falling in love on a vacation, you know, or yeah. on a honeymoon or like you have these dating shows where, yeah, they put them in these scenarios where they're like locked in a house together and then they send them somewhere tropical. And then when they get home to real life, it's like, whoa. So, yeah, you, you have to. And I'm no judge for any of it because I, I'm not a big believer in um spending your whole lifetime with one person. I don't even understand how that's like possible. Uh, And I power to it's not that I look down on it or frown upon it. I mean, that's wonderful that people that that find a soulmate like that and live their life like that. I just don't foresee that for for myself. And um, so for me, I'm always like, are you sure you want to do that? Whenever somebody says they're getting married, I'm like, you sure? (laughs) Why? Why are you doing that? I, it's just where my head goes because I I, I, yeah. I get the whole spiritual side of it. I get like making a commitment. I think all that's beautiful. I don't get the part that we have to like have a contract about it. I I, I don't know. It's kind of where I stop and go, huh? Um, so, uh, you know, I'm no one to judge anything. I feel like people, they, they fall madly in love and get carried away and people rush things. And, you know, that's their life. That's their story. 
All right, so it just uh, uh, changing the topic real quick. Like, I find myself when I get an invite to a wedding, I will go. Do I want to go to this wedding? Because I know in my head I'm thinking more than fifty percent of these things fail, and then I sit there at every wedding I go to, and I go, I shake my head, not going to work. You know that 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 whole deal. Now you're talking to someone again who got engaged at 19 years old and was married at 21, and I'm still married. You know, 30 years now, and. But I'm telling you what, if I got an invitation to my wedding, I wouldn't have gone. I said, there's no chance it's going to work out. They're too young. They're too stupid. They don't know what they're doing. But in, in my case, it was different. But I go to weddings or turn down weddings all the time because I'm like, it's not going to last. So I'm not going. That's and it, it, and it's, it's, I know it's a ridiculous thing to do. But you know, like when you get an invite to a wedding, do you sit there and you go, no chance? Or are you going, this, this one might work? Well, it's funny that you say that I have two weddings coming up. One next <laughs> I have one next weekend and I have one in June. Yeah. Um, so the one I have next weekend is very dear family friends of ours. Um, they're at the right age. They've been together a while. There are children involved. It seems to me like it's meant to be looks beautiful. I'm all for it. I think it's great. My The other wedding I have, if you're watching this, um, <laughs> I apologize, but I think I've been open about it. They're older. They're my age. You know, we're all the same age. So I feel like they know what they're doing. Um, they've known each other their whole lives. They're getting married. Um, I believe it'll work because they know they know who they are. They know what's yeah. going on. But I do feel like getting married this old is ridiculous. I find it ridiculous. I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you spending money on a wedding why aren't you buying property you know why are you you know why are uh, why am i going to a male strip review (laughs) (laughs) do i have to go because i'm this is really going to test my sobriety this is really going to test like my patience on all levels i'm going to be embarrassed for these men you know it's like we're 50 year old women there's no place no place for it um i just feel like that that ship has sailed you know for the young girls go for it go do it go go do all the festivities and have all but at this age uh i i just can't even i can't even understand how she does it with a straight face i mean if you're gonna get married i feel like you go to the justice of the peace or you have like a nice little quiet ceremony and like maybe have a party you know like that's that's where i go with it and um I'm going to invest my money in something else. I'm going to buy another house. I'm going to do something like that. (laughs) When, uh, when, when one of your daughters chooses to uh, get married at, at, let's say, let's say it's at at 30 years old. Okay. What's the advice? Big wedding. Go do a justice of the peace. Or you'd say, I'm out of it. It's your day. Well, I'm out of it. It's your day, a hundred percent. But I, I know my daughter, my oldest daughter. She's not going to want to spend her money frivolously. She's like yeah. me. Um, she's super responsible. You know, she's not even twenty five, and she completely is completely self sufficient. She has a career, and you know, um, goes on vacations, and like she's got it together. So she knows and understands the value of money and where it should be spent. So I, I just don't see her wasting it on stuff like that. I, I don't see it. And, you know, different they, things make different people happy. I guess some exactly. people dream about that and they want to be a princess for a day. That's not in our blood. That's not like, that's not who we are, you know. I'd rather go on a really great vacation. I'd rather purchase something. 
you know, I, yeah. So I don't think my daughter would be like that. My youngest, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'll be yeah. around by the time she's 30. Well, oh, you're going to be around. You're going to be around. <laughs> you're going to be around. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. So here we go. I'm going to fire through some of these questions. I always go a little bit long on these shows, so I apologize. Um, here we go. So look, the show is interactive. This is the first time you've ever heard this show, Perfectly Twisted with Nicole Eggert. You can go to perfectlytwistedpod.com. You can look at the mailbag and you can add questions. You have an opportunity to write questions. I'll pull the questions out. I'll ask Nicole your question. And um, again, I know I don't get to all of them, but I'm doing the best I can to circulate through. So um, we're going to fire through about five or six questions. Nicole, this is from the people that are listening to the show. But again, you can go to the mailbag and go right there on the website, perfectlytwistedpod.com. And uh, feel free to write questions. We'll read them on the next show. This uh, first question, Nicole, is from Jen Johnson. What would you do with an unexpected day off, no work, parent responsibilities? Oh, that's kind of easy. Um, I would catch up on some shows that I need to watch. I definitely go hit a Thai spa or a Korean spa. Um, I, I need it. I have, I carry a lot of stress like in my back. So I, I, I need those ladies to walk all over my back. Um, and what else? That's kind of, that. that's kind of uh, hiking. I, I love to like, just go and be outside in nature and, and take like a long aimless walk in the mountains. That's, I love doing that and never have enough time to do it. So I'll tell you something. Speaking of that, you kind of, you kind of got me into, uh, Nicole was, I asked her a question on Twitter a couple years ago about, Hiking. My goal was to hike. I think it's Runyon Park, right? Or Runyon Trail, whatever. The one that yeah, takes Runyon you up Canyon. to the Hollywood sign. Running Cannon. Takes you up to the Hollywood sign. Okay. So, Nicole, I did this move, by the way. I, I got there. I walked up the, the longest walk possible because my kids said I looked up at like four different ways to do it. Of course, he chose the like seven mile one. <laughs> and we walk all the way up. And of course, we're right in front of the Hollywood sign. And I'm like, the whole time I'm thinking of you going, she told me to do this. And I go, this is not fun. And I'm, I'm, I've wore the wrong shoes, but I'm, I'm, I'm walking up this damn thing and I'm like, all right, there's the Hollywood sign. I'm in front of it. He's like, it's not good enough. And we go even further and we go now behind the sign up on top of the sign. And, and I'm sure you've done it. And it's really one of the coolest places in LA where you can see all of West LA, the beach, downtown Griffith park, and you can see the Valley at the same time. It's like the one spot in LA I've been to where I can see 360 Los Angeles. It's yeah, really cool. that's, not, that's not Runyon Canyon, but yes, that hike. And I, I recently went up one, um, the same, that same little area. And I was yeah. up on top of a flat rock and I could just, just turning. Yeah. I could see all the way like Antelope Valley and yeah. like, um, the ocean. Yeah. I could see the whole city way past East LA. And it's just like, you're so you're in the city, you're looking at the city, yeah. but you feel so like outside of the city and it's just um there's so many beautiful places in LA that people don't really understand like the reservoir I love to go around Lake Hollywood it's so pretty and uh, when there's water in it um it's yeah. so pretty and you know it's such a good escape like on a clear day wow the other day I went um up uh Fryman Canyon and I could see snow-capped mountains circling me all the way that's around cool. every direction you could see and that's 
but that's so rare. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. So, um, yeah, fun things like that to just go out and like on an adventure. And, and uh, I'm, well, I'm glad I got you motivated to hike. Well, hold on. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the bad part in a second. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all great. No, it's all great now. I'll tell you the bad part where you mess where you steered me wrong. But we, anyway, we get to the top of the Hollywood sign. And so my son says, Hey, I want a picture, you know, of me in front of the sign. And so the running joke in our family is my wife can't take a picture for shit. So she takes a picture of him and he just shows me his phone and he goes, how in the hell did she um, um, manage to miss every damn letter in the sign? And it's true. He, so he's standing there and there's not one letter in the sign. Yet he's standing in front of this giant Hollywood <laughs> sign. And he's like, just take a picture. He's so mad. So we, uh, we walk down the hill. Okay. And walking down the hill. For anyone who's going to do this, just so you know, wear the right shoes because it was harder for me to walk down the hill than up the hill. I, I thought it was easy, and then when I got to the car, I could not move. My back was just jarred walking down that steep hill, and I'm like, I wish I knew about your Korean massage because that's why I should have gone straight after, right it's after that. There. I was yeah. jacked up for two weeks. I was like, my back hurts so bad driving uh, driving back to San Diego with a bad back. But it well, was there's always it, an easy way up and down or di more difficult. Like that's the other thing. There's always like different ways. I know I yeah. one time I went by myself. There's this hike called to, up to the wisdom tree. Yeah. And I mean, I I was I, climbing up it. It was like a lot of rock climbing, not a lot of path, you know. So and then to go down, I was like, shit, what have I done? You know, and when you're by yourself, you know, it was yes. one of those days of like by myself, wasn't feeling like the most in shape and I'm like shaking, like, Oh my God, I'm going to fall oh, no. to my death. Is there anybody around? <laughs> hello. Hello. Anybody. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, you know, it can be amazing. It can be a little scary, but that's all part of the fun. Exactly. <laughs> all part of the fun. All right. Arrow, we'll never finish the show unless I get to these questions. Sorry for interrupting. Here we go. Jen Johnson had second part on this question, by the way, people are sometimes described as being high or low maintenance. Where do you put yourself on that scale? Well, you know, that's kind of relative because it's relative to do we live the same kind of life? Because to some people, I might be extravagant, but then to other people, I'm really quite reasonable. Um, emotionally, I, I think I'm a little bit high maintenance because I do like at this point in my life demand the respect that I need, but I'm not a needy kind of person. So I don't know. I, I think it depends on who you would ask. <laughs> I know that I know that there's been relationships I'm in. I'm like, this person is so about mediocrity. Like, I gotta go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I definitely need like spice and flavor. And you don't have to be the most successful, and you don't have to have the best, you know, of everything. But I like style. You know, I like I like flavor. So it's like, if you don't have the money to buy like a really nice car, I hope it's a really cool hoopty car. You know what I mean? I don't, I, it, there's just like, I'm high maintenance like that. Like you just have to have good style, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. This is from Brendan Backos. Brendan is a big fan of horror movies. It says, hi, Nicole. My question is about the 1990 horror movie you've made, The Haunting of Morella directed by Jim Wernowski, uh, who famously put Tracy Lords in a remake of uh, Not of This Earth. So please tell me, what was it like working on your horror movie? Working conditions? Was it a quick shoot done daily or quite long hours for you? Do you like to watch horror movies? Oh, that's a lot. Of, that's a that's lot. A lot. 
Um, the Haunting of Morella was, um, it was a really, it was a Roger Corman film. He was the producer and he's known for doing a lot of, he was known for doing a lot of like, um, it was a, like Shakespearean, um, oh no, it was Edgar Allan Poe based horror. Um, I had a body double because I was too young to be doing in the nude scenes. Jim Wynorski and I, hes uh, we're still in touch. We're still uh, cool. top on um, Facebook and stuff like that. I think that I probably was a pain in the ass on that set because I wouldn't do a lot of it. And there was a lot of like bugs and gore. And I was horrified. Like there was a scene, it's a nightmare. I can't really remember. And like I open a box and it, there's like serpents and bugs and like, things I can't even, and a hand comes up out of it, you know, and like grabs me. And I had to like stand there screaming. It, it took a lot to get me to be able to stand there and do it. So um, that was, that was a rough shoot to be honest, but it was fun with the costumes and the storyline and getting to see how all that stuff is done. Cause yes, I do like horror movies as well. Um, uh, not as much anymore, but it, when I was younger, I was a big fan of horror movies. And is that right? Yeah. What's yeah. your all time favorite? Well, I guess like, you know, I love all the things like The Shining and the Friday the 13th, um, the Nightmare on Elm Street. I love the Scream, the original Scream. I loved anything like gory like that. It's just, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's funny because I watched it now. Me and my um, youngest, we went and watched Scream and we were like, oh, and she's like kind of giggling through it. I'm like, yeah, this isn't scary at all, is it? <laughs> You know, I don't know when I was changed, in, you know, I think when I was in second grade, I saw Halloween and I didn't sleep for a week. It was yeah. scared the hell out of me. It scared yeah. me like you would have believed. Yeah. It's, and you look back and you're like, oh, it's really, it's not that bad. But um, I'm afraid I love all back, the American horror stories. <laughs> what was that? So I'm afraid to look back. I'll be honest. No, I've seen it since. I've seen it since. And I like stuff like um, Handmaid's Tale. I, I That's sort of horror in a way. Yeah. Um, I love Handmaid's Tale and all the, um, yeah, I, I love good stuff like that. And it's fun to watch it being made, like on set to see that stuff. That's really fun. That is cool. That is cool. All right, here we go. Caitlin Ramsey, sorry if I missed you talking about this already. But how did you get the idea to do the Baywatch documentary? Are uh, most of the early years cast going to be part of it? Um, all the cast will be um, part of it to some degree, for sure. And um, the idea actually came about when um, I was looking to do a project with um, a group of moms from Baywatch who are now moms and we, we were taking it around to networks, but they really kind of wanted to do a reality spin with it. And it just wasn't a right fit. It was weird. And um, it didn't really happen. Nothing clicked. And then I was having a conversation with Matt Felker, who's our director on the documentary and um, executive producer. And we were talking about documentaries that we love. And somehow we were like, let's do a documentary on Baywatch. And we just started brainstorming and just two friends shooting the shit about what what was actually interesting about it and where everybody is now and how to do a new take on it and how we would do it differently. And that sort of, we were like, by the end, because a lot of times you have these conversations and then that's it. It's just a conversation, right? But by the end of it, we were still like going and going. So we decided to, to go forward with it. Good deal. All right, yeah. here we go. This is uh, one more on the personal side. Are you glad you're a girl mom or did you want to have a boy as well? <laughs> okay. So that's funny. That's really funny because um, 
my oldest always wanted a sibling and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Finally at 13, I sit her down and I'm like, you're going to be a sister. She's like, what? And I said, but you always wanted a sibling. She's like, not now. Now it's too late. <laughs> and, um, and you know, we kind of laughing. I'm like, well, talk about too late. It's too late to do anything about it. So, um, she's coming, you know, and I did, I wanted a boy and my little one gives me shit about it all the time. Cause she, she'll say like, but I'm the girl you didn't want, you know? And, um, I did, I was hoping for a boy because I thought that would be the best of both worlds to have a boy and have a girl. And, um, and then, you know, me and my oldest, we were like, well, it'd be great if it was a gay boy because we'd be the perfect family and fit, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we had all this and then I did the 3d ultrasound and, it was a girl and you know, life is funny like that because now I see it now that I have the two girls, I see why and everything happens for a reason. And the universe gives you exactly what you need and I wouldn't change it for a thing. And um, I wouldn't change anything about it. It's we're exactly where we're supposed to be. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy now, but it would have been nice to have both. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. This one's, I'm going to mispronounce your name, Ed, I guarantee it. It's uh, Ed Desrochet, I'm guessing. I'm doing the best I can, Ed. I apologize. All right. I remember watching in a Baywatch episode, one of my favorite shows was when your character was diving off a high dive. Did you do any of that? No. I, no. you know, what's so funny about that. Yes, that my character was, um, was a high diver. And um, I had to like do the scenes and we would shoot like on the ladder going up to the high dive to the platform. And I was scared to death to even go up the ladder. I was like, Nope, I, you can get me up to here. And I, I want nothing to do with it, but I would watch them and say, I wish I could do that. I want to be able to do that so bad. But my fear of heights is it's just like, it's out of control. My fear of heights. And, um, and it was funny because the show was offered to me from ABC to do a high diving competition show. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, where are you going to shoot this? And they're like, Rose Bowl. And the Rose Bowl is where we would shoot the stuff for Baywatch with the high diving. And I'm like, I'll do it. Count me in. And I remember walking up, like shaking, barely making it up the ladder the first day on this, on this show. And standing up on the high platform. And I swear to God, I thought the wind was going to blow me off. Like I thought if the wind even like blew that you were just going to go flying off. I yes. wouldn't allow anybody else to come up on the platform with me for a long time because I thought they were going to push me off. I was like, oh, what boy. if they push me? I don't know these people. What if they <laughs> accidentally like knock into me and I go flying off this thing? And I mean, talk about conquering a fear. It was something that took everything inside me. I would be driving to set like in the slow lane on the freeway going, okay, if I can, the more time I can eat into my practice time, the less I have to get up there, you know, just driving slow as can be and just going, what have I done? What have I done? But, um, I eventually got to a place where I would just throw myself off of that, off of that platform and just really? like take the bloody nose and the black eye. And, um, it became this, like, how far can you push yourself? Wow. And I came in second. I came in second place wow. on that show, right under this young 20 something year old kid who is like an extreme sports guy. Yeah. 
And I came in second right behind wow. him. So I'll tell you what, yeah. <laughs> us old broads, we can do things. <laughs> you conquered that fear. That's pretty good. I'm afraid of heights too. I won't even hang Christmas lights. I'm a no joke. <laughs> you yeah, get a ladder, I'm two steps up. I'm not a heights guy at all. No, like physically, your knees start shaking yeah. and you're not standing properly. You're not. Yeah. And I remember I was doing this trick where I was doing a handstand up on the um, up on the platform, like on the edge of the platform. And then I would like flip over and go into a um, into a flip into the water. And anyways, we changed locations and I was doing it off a different platform in a different place. And I was so nervous and my elbows gave out in this handstand and I like fell onto the platform and I watched myself in slow motion like bounce off the <laughs> platform and the stand and into the water and I was like oh dear god like I hope, <laughs> I hope somebody got that on film and they did and I, oh my god so um that came full circle that was like a full circle moment for me with the high diving all right here we go last one for the day because I've already taken you over an hour this is from uh Vicky Laganis, um, when you're tired of eating good, what do you like to indulge in or indulge on? Mexican food. Ah, oh, there you go. I can eat Mexican food breakfast, lunch, and dinner for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't think growing up next to the border helps with that at all yeah. because we have the best Mexican food around we here. Do. So that's that's like hands down, and everybody knows that's where I want to go. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. I'm yeah. a huge fan of Mexican food, Italian food, but the Mexican food in, in Southern California is insane. I'm sure it's great in Northern California, but when, whenever you get somebody from, let's say, you know, Indianapolis or North Carolina that says we're the best Mexican food, you're like, come on, what are you talking about? You have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I, know. I remember even in like New York when you couldn't get good Mexican food or like um, in Canada, it was like non-existent. Yeah. 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 That's funny. We're spoiled over here. Yep. We are. We are. We're, we're spoiled up here. All right. So uh, next week, I know uh, we're going to add a guest to the show, which is going to be exciting. We are going to yeah. have our first guest. Woo! Yeah. That's going to be fun. That's going to be really interesting. Um, That's I'm excited gonna for be that. Exciting. Me yeah. too. Me, me too. I'm, I'm excited. And again, uh, that guest will be always be known as the first guest on Perfectly Twisted. So uh, very exciting. And uh, again, hopefully it's the first to many as we keep things going. But it's always great, Nicole, and uh, man, I hope you have, you have a great week. And uh, again, the weather has to get better for both of us in Southern yeah, California. Yeah, come on. Right? Come on. I need the weather and <laughs> the sunshine. Yes. But don't forget to sub subscribe to us, um, Perfectly Twisted. Anywhere you get your podcasts, across all social media, we're Perfectly Twisted Podcast and PerfectlyTwisted.com. You can always visit us there. And uh we will see you next week. Oh, also tell me about the lip glosses. I found a new one. Elf, ladies, boys, elf. And it has plumper in it. I swear this was under $9. Again, I got pink Cosmo because um, my daughter told me, oh, that's way too pale. That's way too light. But I like to put it over whatever color I already have on. And it yeah. makes everything a plumper and makes everything super high gloss. I highly recommend. So let me know what I should buy next. And this was a target. Target. The good, the good deal. That's what it's funny. When you did this a few weeks ago, everyone's like, I love it. You know, I, I kept getting people saying to me, man, I love the fact that she's telling you what she's putting on her face and what she what she's using and she's willing to share. So I, I'm glad well, you shared you with know, And one right guy there. told me, one guy said he wrote in and said that I needed to get a safe for all my high-end cosmetics. And I was kind of I was like, are they gonna come steal my like half-used Bobby Brown foundation? I don't think so. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and during COVID and things like this, I, I don't suggest you steal people's uh, expensive lip gloss. No, 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 no. Don't do it. I, I think my I think my cosmetics are safe. <laughs> I think they're talking about your daughter. You were saying your daughter was stealing your stuff. You need a safe from your daughter. You were saying your oh. daughter was taking all this stuff. That's what he's talking about. Because people oh, kept saying that totally. to me. People oh, kept saying okay. that to me. She goes, that she needs to do a better job of protecting her stuff from her daughter. Okay, listen. No, 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 no. I'll, I, it'll be one of these scenarios that I'll turn around and go, what's the combination? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> She'll that, that be letting me know what the combination to the safe is. So that would never work. Oh, that is funny. All right, Nicole, have a great week. You too. See you later. Right. See you next Take week. Care. Bye.